0: Do you have aspirations to be a leader in your business or organization? Welcome to Leadership Stars with your host, Linda Patton. Each week, we feature true leaders, recognized in their fields, who provide insight and ideas in creating a strong team, and how you can become an effective leader. Now, here is Linda Patton.
1: Welcome to today's episode of Leadership Stars. I'm so glad you're all here, but let's face it. Being a leader can be overwhelming and stressful. I don't know about you, um, so there are moments when I kind of go, do I really want to do this? And the answer of course is always yes. But what if you discovered that you already have all the resources that you need not only to manage stress, but to become a stronger leader on every level? Well, surprisingly, you do. It's your emotions, one of the most neglected aspects of a successful career. So, Get ready because we're going to look at a new way of looking at emotions as a tool for success. And this knowledge will just rock your boat. And I have the expert on this, Joy Selden. And Joy and I met uh, at a networking event that I had actually brought her in as a speaker. And I found her to be fun and knowledgeable and fascinating about what she does. And I just had to have her on the show so that you all could experience her as well. So welcome, Joy.
2: Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here.
1: And it's, uh, and uh, equally, I am so thrilled to have you here. <laughs> I'm, I'm honest that you actually said yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Joy, let's start with... Um, tell the audience a little bit about your journey to get to this expertise that you have.
2: All right. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. I I had been on a, spiritual quest for quite a number of years. Uh, I had a very unhappy childhood. I was such a serious kid that in elementary school for a while, I actually had to get out of class in the afternoon to drink milk in the cafeteria for my pre-ulcer stomach. Oh, no. Yes. So, I, I was, a, I, I was a you know, one of those scowly teenagers, and I didn't, uh, I so didn't relate to my name of Joy, which was mm-hmm. spelled J-O-Y that I changed the spelling to (laughs) J-O-I-E in my French class just to kind of distance myself from that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then that stuck and I'm happy with it. Now I'm thrilled because I feel like my name has become my teacher in life in this exploration of emotions. So growing up, I I moved to Hollywood, pursuing an acting career. And um, after a few years of struggle, I realized that I needed something. Something wasn't right Mm -hmm. And I I had a very unhappy family, and so I had this epiphanal moment where I was asking the universe, I want to know what the truth is, please show me what the truth is. And so I went on this journey for, uh, as I said, a few years, quite a few years, and what I came to in going through therapy and spiritual quests and some metaphysical studies that uh, we don't know what the truth is. Mm-hmm. We only know what the truth is moment to moment of how we feel about what is happening to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, div- digging into and experiencing my emotions became um, the transformative for me. And I got to a point where I was happily married, finally, yeah, <laughs> forty-two. I, I met my husband at forty when I was forty two. I was happily married. I was doing work I loved. I was living in a fabulous part of the world in in san francisco. and and I kept thinking, well, now what? Mm-hmm. You know, what's next? And uh, I kind of wanted to just rest on my laurels, but uh, <laughs> this voice kept prompting me. Um, and I went to a counselor a spiritual counselor for a session mm-hmm. and i was telling her all these different things in my life she said at one point well what do you do better than anything else anybody else in the world and i just paused cuz that was the most intimidating question i'd ever been asked but out of my mouth came i feel oh. and i rec- yeah i recognized that i had been intensely emotional my whole life and the more I was present with my emotions and honored them and accepted them and listened and learned from them. The happier I became, the more fulfilled I became, the better choices I made. And so, in that moment, I thought, oh, my name is Joy. I think I'm supposed to teach people how to feel. Oh. Which is, yeah, yeah.
1: Fascinating. And you went back and actually got uh, a master's degree in somatic psychology,
2: right? I did. I did. I was teaching acting at the time. So, I created a class for my acting students called Accessing Your Emotions. And they loved it. They said, my acting's better, but also my life. This is impacting my life. And I thought, oh, I need to learn about psychology. So, what if somebody gets triggered or mm-hmm. I, I really need to know more about this? And I went back to school and got a got the master's in somatic, which a lot of people don't quite know what it is, but it's using the body as part of the process. We are embodied beings. Mm-hmm. So, soma is the whole person, including the body.
1: Oh, and okay. it was
2: a fascinating education.
1: I can imagine. Um, and did you go to John F. Kennedy University, yes. is that right? Yes, I did. Yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yeah. They they have a um, a phenomenal curriculum around uh, that that sort of topic and spirituality and and all that. I've I've always found it a very interesting uh, university because it doesn't necessarily do the traditional stuff that right. you expect, right? Right.
2: Yeah, yeah at, at that time, I think there were only three colleges in the whole country that gave a degree in somatic psychology.
1: Fantastic. So, how did you discover
2: emotional intelligence? Well, in this, in this process of teaching my class, mm-hmm. uh, I took things that I had learned and put them together and actually developed my own uh, system. I, someone had recommended the book. Uh, emotional Intelligence by Daniel Goleman. It, mm-hmm. uh, it was the one that sort of put the word out into the general public. It, it had been around for a little while, not a whole lot of time. Um, Peter Salavi actually coined the phrase, I believe, and so I read that, but it—I I found it interesting, and I read *Molecules of Emotions* by Candace Pert and other things. And then I began to formulate a lot of what I do out of my own experience. So it was things that were had a proven test, mm-hmm. and I also learned things about specific emotions. What okay. is anger and fear and sadness, and you know why do we have them? Okay, um, so.
1: You've worked a lot with corporations and within the corporate environment Mm -hmm. where uh, emotional women, especially, are not necessarily valued. Mm -hmm. We get get criticized for our emotions. We're told to man up or to buck up uh, and get over it. So how do we work with this challenge of wanting to access more of our emotions and yet, um not overdoing it i guess or just being too emotional
2: okay great great <laughs> question because this is the perception that if you get in touch with your emotions and you're really experiencing them and expressing them then they're going to take over or they're they're going to be a lot to handle mm-hmm. yeah. and w- the work that i do is helping people understand That they have dominion over your emotions. Your emotions are not meant to run the show. So you have to be in charge of them, which is what you should be. And the more you're present with them, the more you can make a conscious choice as to when, how, and if to express them. And this is where the power comes, because then you're managing yourself instead of being reactive to other people or other situations
1: okay now in working with with actors needless mm-hmm. to say they they have to emote mm-hmm. um, for a particular role or, or a particular scene in that and so to be able to turn it on and off mm-hmm. is is that what you're talking
2: about well that that's um, there's a relationship I, I see it a little bit differently mm-hmm. in that uh, there are intentionally uh, invoking certain emotions or being in a certain state that those emotions will arise that are appropriate for the scene in the corporate world you're improvising the scene (laughs) you know you're living it it's moment to moment Mm -hmm. Uh, but there is a certain objectivity an actor's job is to understand more about the character than the character understands about themself Okay, and the in the business world, this it's the same sense. Uh, uh, the four components of emotional intelligence are the uh, uh, are essentially self awareness and Mm -hmm. self-management, and then other awareness, and other or social management. It starts with self-awareness. So the more, uh, and particularly, I do have more women clients than men, I confess, Mm -hmm. Uh, but the women, because we have access, it's not that women are more emotional, we process it generally uh, differently, and we have a little more access in general to emotions. And so, having this access and recognizing that this tension in my stomach doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong; it means there's something that's going on that I need to pay attention to.
1: Okay. Um, so, uh, I guess uh, one of the things that I've seen people do, and, and this it disturbs me a little bit, is pre- presenters on stage. And they have this wonderful presentation, and somewhere in that, there's an emotional piece,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and they cry on cue. Mm. And that, to me, seems like a a false emotion, a, a prepared emotion, or whatever it is. Huh? And it's it's not actually tapping into the emotion. It's tapping into, um, you know, how how can I make the audience feel? Um, and it fe- feels false. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any any? It's an
2: inter- It's an interesting observation. I I would say if it feels false to you, mm-hmm. then then it it is. Mm-hmm. If it feels authentic, if you feel moved or touched uh, by that emotion that comes up, I uh, sometimes I've had emotion come up when I'm presenting tear wise, but it's not a thing I ever plan. Mm-hmm. on having or doing so I think that you have to trust your instinct on that um, yeah and some people see public speaking as acting I you know
4: <laughs> yeah
2: a way it is I mean it, in in some regards it, it's very similar but I think that it's if it doesn't evoke evoke something authentic in you then it's missed the mark
1: yeah, and I think that's the key—is that authenticity and the vulnerability that goes along with it. Yes. Um, rather than if I cry here, I'll get I'll get some reaction from the audience, and and that to me becomes a calculated emotion. Right. And that that truth, that authenticity, that um, realness, just isn't there. But right. I think—that's what the audience sees. Yeah,
2: yeah, and that's what I'm—I'm sh- I'm advocating for in the business world. There's, there's so much that uh, people experience, and then they never say anything, and then they uh, complain behind people's backs, or they gossip, mm. or they, or their behavior becomes sabotaging in some way. I mean, I think companies waste. Millions, if not billions of dollars on poor communication based on the fact that people say things to other people and they had, they don't get at all get the impact that they're having and other people hold on to those feelings or they spew. So, yeah. <laughs> they either hold on to them and then they, they, it affects their body and we can talk about that, how emotions are a body-based system. It affects the body, so there's stress, there's dysfunctional relationships, there's withholding, there's all kinds of things that go on because people don't know how to actually communicate when emotions are involved. And they are almost all the time.
1: (laughs) And so that gets into the question I wanted to ask about. So what do emotions have to do with stress and overwhelm?
2: Emotions are a body-based information system. And stress and overwhelm come when you feel pressure about certain things. Mm -hmm. And this pressure is not just mental pressure and that some of it can be mental but it has to do with the body so when you feel when we say that we are stressed that's such a general phrase it says general statement mm-hmm. and what it might mean for you might be a little bit different from for me and what i want to know is what are the emotions within that stress are you angry are you fearful is there some underlying sadness that's going on there? And all of these emotions have a very particular message that you're bringing. Mm-hmm. So when you feel stressed, one of the best ways to deal with it is to actually come and be present in your own body and work with your body sensations as a way to help understand what's going really going on and then also how to calm yourself so you can handle things better.
1: So, but that that means that you have to have access to those emotions to be able to do that, right? Yes, right. Okay, so if you've cut yourself off from your emotions, because um, in essence, there's that fear that, ooh, I'm going to be too emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to, f- uh, you know, fall into a crying fit at an inappropriate time. And so I just, I- I'm just going to block that because I think that's what women often do. Uh, yes, I agree. And and then you go in the the ladies room and just as you said, um, spew.
2: You spew, <laughs> or something happens in a meeting and 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 you spew. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it comes out, and, and then you get called other names. Yes, uh, <laughs> right. So that's the thing is how because. Our society is so geared to teach you that you should not feel any discomfort in emotions because if you do, then you buy this product and feel better, or do this thing and feel better. Some emotions are not comfortable, Mm -hmm. but they have tremendous value because emotions are an information based system, their body. There, I'm sorry, they are a body-based information system. They are bringing you information about what your relationship is to what's going on, to the person mm-hmm. or the circumstances. And so, to to block that is denying an aspect of your own truth and who you are. And it cuts off your access to your own resources of your intellect and your creativity.
1: Uh, that's fascinating, Joyce. Um, and the whole concept of blocking your emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, and i think Think that also. I mean, obviously, it's on the masculine side as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just women who block that, but mm-hmm. it's that I must be stoic. I must, you know, yes. um, I must be strong. I can't right. show emotion, uh, and unfortunately, I think we carry that home with us as well. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I was talking to a colleague the other day, and she said, you know, my my significant other comes home, and he just wants to go upstairs, and I guess process she said I really don't know what he does up there and then when he comes back he's 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 mellow and you know, he's uh-huh. he's engaged and all this other stuff and so it's they're like what is he doing up there to be
2: <laughs> to be able to i guess wrestle he, with he's calming his autonomic nervous system okay men and women Process emotions differently, and we our stress actually on a biological uh, basis is our uh, stress hormones are activated differently, and how we uh, mitigate our stress is different for men and women in general. I I want to keep confirming that this is generalization, but it's there for a reason, because there's tendencies, whereas Mm -hmm. women will love to talk something through. Men want to actually, because they're... uh, uh, hormones their testosterone is up when they Mm -hmm. get stress whereas with women that's not necessarily the case and so they need to calm their hormones reading the paper or doing whatever it is they do after work Mm -hmm. uh, I know better than to go like bombard my husband with a lot of questions when he comes home I might just say how was your day and so giving him some time where he can kind of de-stress if he needs to do that is different than me where I want to just talk about stuff. Aha. So let's, let's
1: continue this conversation after our break and audience, I'd love you to think about how do you handle stress? Do you like to talk it out or are you someone who needs to go away as Joy says, and calm your emotions down uh, and and all of that before you talk to your significant other or whatever um, and, If you don't, that you blow up, and we'll be right back.
3: Voice America Women's Channel, a leader in the forward movement of women's success. Linda Patton
0: draws from her four decades of leadership experience and her heartfelt passion to show women how to lead, dream, and create what inspires them. Her signature training programs and workshops will guide you through the key skills you need to own your leadership power, build your resources, plan your path, and take the actions that will translate your vision into reality. Start by scheduling a free, no obligation, 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at daretodreamwithlynda.com. That's Linda at dare, the number two, dreamwithlynda.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective.
3: a leader in the forward movement of women's success.
0: You are listening to Leadership Stars with Linda Patton. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. You may also send an email to Linda at daretoleadwithlynda.com. Now, back to Leadership Stars.
1: Welcome back. And I'm here with my just amazing guest, Joy Selden. And, you know, she's had 30 years of experience on the topic of emotions and human behavior. And she brings a very unique and practical approach to the field of emotional intelligence. I actually took a, a six-month no, it was a it was a full year course on emotional intelligence and how that uh, affected me. I can't I can't tell you what I learned, but it did help a whole lot in being able to um, express my vulnerability and feel comfortable with whatever emotion comes up. For that, she's also and I I can attest to this. She's a dynamic speaker. She presents to worldwide audiences, both online and in person. And I feel so honored to have her on the show today. Joy, welcome back. Thank
2: you so much.
1: So, Joe, before we left, we were talking about how men and women deal with um, emotions and stress and tension and that kind of thing. And women mm-hmm. want to talk it out. They, mm-hmm. they want to share with you everything that they did that day. They want to share the, the the ideas that they came up with, uh, maybe the decisions that they still need to make, and maybe they have an, uh, an option that they'd like to, to talk about. And the man, on the other hand, wants to give, wants to solve the problem mm-hmm. <laughs> um, after they've had a chance to either read the newspaper, or have a cocktail, go upstairs and change clothes, whatever it is. But they're so into solutions and we just want to uh-huh. share. Uh, how do you train each other in being, I want to say, um, better partners mm-hmm. and honoring the emotions that each of you
2: have? Uh, It's one of the things that my husband and I did when we got married was we had talk time once a week. And we did that for about five years, I think. Uh, And we set up guidelines for each other, like how are we going to communicate? Mm -hmm. And uh, so you can look at, are we just going to say, I have some feelings, I want to talk about them, or I have something I want to talk about. I highly advocate in first especially in personal communication with uh, partners, is getting permission. Asking, look, there's something I need to talk to you about. Is it okay? Can we do it now? Do you want to set a time? These kinds of things. When you ask someone, is it okay, it shows respect for that person. And it helps them to keep their defenses down. Mm -hmm. When you just start spewing at someone, we have very biological, and these are primitive. I mean, these go back to the cave days of our hunter-gatherer. I mean, the women were the gatherers, and mm-hmm. they worked in groups, and the men were out there hunting, so they're, like, there to find a solution. They want to kill it, as it were. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, and so, one of the things that my husband and I did is we made an agreement when we would be able to express the full energy of an emotion, such as anger, but mm-hmm. we had to ask permission first, and we set aside specific time that was like a neutral territory. And I'll tell you, there were times to- where we could talk about anything that was mm-hmm. unsaid, and it, it was really scary sometimes, but you had mentioned the word vulnerable, being right. vulnerable early, and I felt incredibly vulnerable at times, and part of that was I grew up in a household where it wasn't safe for me to express my feelings, mm-hmm. and I, what the results was of this is tremendous trust and a deepening of our relationship, so I think it's like you just have to talk through Teach each other what works for you and then be respectful to actually offer that to the other person.
1: I, that is such a powerful message to the, to our audience and to, to everyone is the fa- respect. I think that is so key mm-hmm. that you actually, re- not only do you love the person that you're in relationship with, but that whole sense of respect and yeah. respect how they're feeling, what mm-hmm. they're thinking. Yeah, uh, and I don't think we do that enough.
2: We don't do it enough in personal relationships, and we certainly don't do it enough at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's one of the big issues in companies, that you have leaders. You have the, the head of the company on down through mid-managers, mid, mid managers, et cetera, that uh, are not really trained or understand that you have to respect the people who are working for you and the people you're working with. Even if you disagree with them, if you're a colleague (laughs) or you have a boss, you, you have to I mean, it really, I can say you have to, but it works a lot better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you recognize that that person wants to feel valued, they want to feel seen, they want to contribute, they want to bring their best. And if you have uh, a way of letting them know how they can communicate, especially if they're upset, mm-hmm. you know, how are they going to be able to communicate with you so that you lay things out from the very beginning of how you can communicate with each other, how managers are going to communicate with employees or teams, and then have an avenue and have a doorway open where people can talk about things. I think you would find things that far more efficient, effective, and bottom line, more, more financially pr- uh, productive.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, the challenge with the open door policy is that, do you really mean it? Do you really mean that you exactly. have an open door? Yeah. yeah. It's not just that the door is open. It's are you open when somebody walks in with a challenge to, you know, really give it um, your your whole being um, while they're talking. Uh, what I had a colleague who uh, quoted a long time ago that, you know, you have two ears, one mouth, use them in proportion.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think, unfortunately, we, we don't necessarily do that. We, uh, you know, if, if you do have an open-door policy, I think a lot of times you almost resent when someone walks in. It's like, yeah, I have an open-door <laughs> policy, but I have other work to do. Yes. And, and you're and interrupted. One of
2: the mistakes that managers make uh, is that they set up one-to-ones and then they cancel them constantly or reschedule mm-hmm. them constantly, and they don't have those one-to-ones. And, and that t- it doesn't. That's not a good policy. No, it's really important to stay in com- regular communication, so it doesn't have to get to a point where there's something so upsetting that mm-hmm. somebody has to come in with you upset. It's ongoing; it should be ongoing.
1: Yeah, and I remember uh, HP, and I think they still have it. They used to have a big poster up called "The Rules of the Garage," mm-hmm. and it was ha- and it was how people would deal with each other because they were working at that time. They were working in a very small space, and you had to give respect to everyone who was in that space or it just didn't work right. um, and I found that really it, it works even with a company that's far flung across the world mm-hmm. to give each other that kind of respect um, yeah canceling one-to-ones uh, I find that you're right I, I think that that alone can drive a relationship apart mm-hmm. it's like so I'm not important enough for you to hold that yeah. time sacred right
2: Yeah, right. And then the 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 person who wants the meeting, this adds to their stress and overwhelm because Mm -hmm. now they don't get to communicate what they want. They need to communicate. And mm-hmm. women in particular, well, you know, we have the polite thing, we're polite, and, you know, <laughs> you know is it okay if I speak, and, you know, I'm I, you know, I, I'm just going to throw this out there kind of thing, whereas men just like, <laughs> they'll say it in a meeting, mm-hmm. they'll state it, and they're not apologizing, and I, I know it's a cliche, but I still hear it from women, and I catch myself sometimes. Like, yeah. why am I apologizing?
1: <laughs> well, apologizing and, and, you know, you talk about asking permission. Yeah. Uh, I, I think we, the derogare right now in presentations is to ask your audience if it's okay.
4: Is it oh, all right if I yeah. tell you
1: my story? Yeah. Like, no, I, I keep going. <laughs> really? I'm waiting for somebody to say no. I don't want to hear your story. Could you move
2: on? <laughs> yeah. Me too. I know. that yeah. Because that's that's not... That's a different kind of asking permission. That's a manipulation. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference. This is not about manipulating people. Mm
4: -hmm. This
2: is about showing respect. And it, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be an asking permission, but it has to be some form of showing respect. Yeah. So you're not just going to be dumping on someone and they have to just take it. Well,
1: and I I know when when I managed people, which was long ago and far away, one of the things I said, if you're going to bring me a problem, that's great. I want to know that you you know that you respect me enough to bring that to me, but I also want you to bring at least two solutions with you.
2: Uh-huh. Now
1: we may not choose either one of them, but I want to know that you've thought that through. Mm-hmm. And you have some. You're you're not just dumping this on me and saying here, take care of this. It, it's you have a, an idea of a solution that you think will work, and then we can work through that and mm-hmm. see where it goes. Um, something else I think is women. We tend not to do is if we do have a project or we have a solution or whatever, we never say, and I want to work on it. Mm-hmm. I want to be the person who's leading that, and then we get really upset because they give the project or the solution to someone else,
2: generally mm-hmm. a man yeah i'm my I'm happy to say that my clients are learning not to do that <laughs> they're they're learning to speak up and and in fact've had had uh, i just had someone contact me the other day who who has stopped working with me, but she was thrilled because she's now going to head up a whole department where she gets to implement her ideas in a way that she's really wanted to, and she made that happen because of speaking up
1: yeah and ladies in the audience, I want you to hear that, that again if you want to change the dynamic between you and your boss, if you want to change the dynamic in your organization, one of the things you have to do is be willing to speak up, to tell them what you want, to you know be open and honest and authentic with them and not play the, oh they'll know surely they know that this is what I want because they don't. Right. right. You know they can't read your mind,
2: yeah. And and, the, and I what I do want to say because this is great. I, I mm-hmm. love that you say that because and then what comes up is we get nervous. You know oh, yeah. you're going to get nervous. Fear comes up, and that's a normal reaction when you're going to go say something that you're not used to saying or something mm-hmm. important, and that nervousness that comes up doesn't mean that anything is wrong it is a it's a body survival mechanism it's Mm -hmm. very primal and this is where being in dominion of your emotions being able to be present and recognizing oh that's my fear coming up that's normal I'm nervous and I'm going to be fine and then you can use some of those tools that I I, want to share uh to, to calm yourself, but it's accepting of that and not misinterpreting what that means.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, I think it. Uh, I've, I've sort of also created characters um, mm-hmm. for those kinds of emotions. So you know, when I come up to on fear, you know, I run up to fear about going into something or that nervousness or whatever. That's my dragon. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, and he, and he's protecting me from you know what he perceives could be a physical uh, danger. And so, we have this real quick conversation about, no, this, this is a good conversation. I'm a little nervous because it's the first time I'm doing it. So, be there and, and just support me. And, right. But it, it for me, it gives me a picture that I can look at and it's not that amorphous uh, yes. emotion that I
2: don't know how to deal with. I think that's excellent. Excellent way to deal with it.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Uh, now, Daniel Goleman, you, you, he, he really was the, I want to say, the, the gold standard for a long time in emotional intelligence.
2: Well, he was the person who really got the word out. I mean, he was a writer. He Mm -hmm. is a writer. Uh, So, he took what other people were doing and put it in a way that people could understand it. So, yeah, and he's still out there, you know, Mm -hmm. publishing and teaching and uh, uh, speaking, etc. So.
1: Okay, and I remember that you talked about self-awareness and self-management, other awareness and other management. But he also had, so would you say self-regulation is that
2: self-management piece? Yes, self-regulation okay. is self-management.
1: Um, okay, then he had us looking at social skills, empathy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Empathy, I think, is is such a powerful piece of emotional intelligence because um, when, em- when you empathize, you're sort of on the same page. I think it goes along with that old saying of walk a mile in my shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and then of course, um, motivation is uh, was the last step in 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 how he defined it,
2: right? Uh, well, mo yeah, he does talk about motivation, and motivation is uh, that's part of what I learned from through acting is what motivates people, mm-hmm. and you can have clean motivation or you can have a distorted motivation Mm. so for me the more you this brings comes back to just really owning what your emotions are and then the social piece that's if you you can't really regulate what's going on between you and someone else if you can't regulate yourself right right? so it starts with that self-awareness but the motivation it 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 becomes to me cleaner and more grounded when you Mm are accepting and recognizing and some of your emotions that come up come from your own thinking Mm -hmm. and your own um, negative beliefs or things that get in your way so part of that is that's part of the process of becoming more emotionally intelligent
1: right there there is that whole model of your thoughts generate emotions which Mm -hmm. are electrochemical uh, pieces in the body which then take you into fight flight or appease the action piece and then from there to results and I've I've talked before on the show about the fact that people say, well, I'll just change what I do. You know, I'll change the action, and I'll get a different result. And the answer is no. If you mm-hmm. don't change the thoughts and the emotions, right. you can do whatever you want, but the result's not going to be any different. It's, yeah. it's, it's sort of like um, the, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and, and expecting <laughs> yes. a
2: different result. Yes, I love that definition.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it
2: works so a- well. Abs- absolutely.
1: Okay, so Joy, we're we're coming to the, to sort of to the end of this segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you give us uh, a couple great ways of what we've been talking about to deal with stress?
2: The first thing to do is to come into being present in your own body. And sometimes it's just going into the bathroom and going into a stall mm-hmm. if you're at work uh, and breathing down into your belly. Mm-hmm. Breath is key. And when you're uh, stressed uh, and you have fear response or any of that fight or flight going on, your breath is going to get shallow because all of your attention is coming up around your head to your where your perceptive uh, five senses are four out of five are centered. Mm-hmm. So if you breathe down into your lower belly belly and exhale slowly, that's a way for you to just come into being present. Then you can look at things with a clearer mind. Because so you're stop spinning. I, I call it spinning.
1: Right. Okay. So audience, one of the great things you can do uh, between uh, while we're on commercial break, make it short, uh, is to go someplace quiet. It could be into the ladies' room, the men's room, whatever. It could be just in in your office, closing the door, and take a moment to just breathe, um, deep inhale. And then sort of a twice as long exhale
2: mm-hmm, right. and,
1: and just feel the stress releasing from your body. And then you can, with more calmness, listen to the last segment of our show today and we'll be right back.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
3: Have you left your corporate or military career to start your own business? Are you frustrated that you're not seeing the success you expected as an entrepreneur? Let leadership expert Linda Patton show you the key skills and mindset you need to engage your team, build your influence, and create the thriving business of your dreams. Linda Patton understands the challenges and frustrations facing a new business owner, drawing from her own 40 years of experience in the military corporate, government, and entrepreneurial arenas. That's why it's become Linda's life work to help women like you truly become the world-changing, extraordinary leaders you are meant to be. Are you ready to step in, step up, and step out into leadership to create an exceptional business and life? Start by scheduling a free 30-minute strategy session with Linda Patton. Contact her at Linda at Dare to Lead with Linda.com. That's Linda at Dare, the number 2, LeadwithLinda.com.
4: The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events at voiceamerica.com voice america is where you are and where you want to be join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events
3: have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy
0: are listening to leadership stars with Linda Patton to reach the show today please call 1-866-613-1612 that's 1-866-613-1612 you may also send an email to Linda at dare to lead with Linda.com. now back to leadership stars
1: welcome back and I am with um, an extraordinary woman Joy Selden who um, has become a a really good friend and I I hold that as being um, so honored at at being able to be her friend uh, as well as a colleague. Um, I find Joyce's background has been very, very uh, interesting and exciting and all that. We have a couple of places where we actually cross, but when they're large international companies, you don't necessarily see everybody. So Joyce helped clients at Wells Fargo uh, at Blue Shield, uh, Bank of the West, Fremont Bank, Adobe, uh, and the Project Management Institute. And while I worked at it slightly differently, the company that I was working with, uh, the program that they had in project management was certified by PMI. So people who took our program got credit through PMI. Joy, how did you work with Project Management Institute? <laughs>
2: Uh, well, I first did a, I was invited to do a presentation for uh, the local chapter in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And then I was invited to do a webinar called The Power of Emotionally Intelligent Leadership. And uh, I found out that 5,000 people signed up for that <gasps> webinar. Only 1,000 can be on the call, the live version, then they recorded it. So it's available to all their, their members. And uh, and then it connected me uh, internationally with, with, with project managers and eventually they invited me to do um, leadership dialogue uh, meetings in San Francisco where I facilitated open discussions. Uh, and that was really interesting. So I got to hear a lot about what the challenges are. Project managers have to kind of manage sideways. They mm-hmm. they have a lot of uh, coordinating to do and keeping people on track but they don't have direct authority over those people so they have their own particular challenges um for stress and overwhelm oh yeah yeah uh, they're wonderful people i love working with project managers because they're well, always I, so smart
1: well yeah and i, lo- I love their creativity as well yeah. Um, and as to how they get things done and if they're behind what they do and if they're ahead what do they do uh, and then how do we let the company know where we are in a project and then when your piece is coming up uh, I think we sh- I shared with you the, uh, a telephone company that I worked with up in uh, Bellevue, Washington and they had um, butcher paper rolls and they, they would pull them up and, and tape them to the ceiling and they had pictures on them of the various parts of the project you know the the, the big milestone of the project mm-hmm. and as they would complete that they'd put another picture up that, that showed the completion of that so that people who were in later stages mm-hmm. knew where the project was mm-hmm. and they could get ready yeah get, and and I found that really powerful because I I would go to so many companies and they they one of the pr- frustrations was I never know when I need to be ready to move forward, they don't ever tell us that, and then they're pissed because I'm I'm behind. So that whole lack of communication. Yeah, communication, communication,
2: communication, communication.
1: Yes,
2: yeah. You know, what a, you it's were a, describing is a form of commun- another form of communication. Mhm, mm-hmm.
1: Now you've also founded a Wings Professional Success Program. Yes, and you yeah. define that as wholly integrated navigation and growth system. Tell us just a little bit about that.
2: Well, I after working for some years with clients it came to realize there was a, a method got a methodology going <laughs> on here and so I've actually put it into eight modules and recognizing certain aspects that were universal no matter who the person was I was working with and how uh, what level of, of their career they were in these things came up uh, such as boundaries mm-hmm. said being able to set clear boundaries and also understanding energetic boundaries boundaries because mm-hmm. stress and overwhelm can happen because you're letting somebody else's energy into your own being. Mm-hmm. So you're letting somebody who you know, if there's some colleague or coworker or somebody there who's kind of a jerk or they're you know neg- negligent or they think they know everything and they don't. Uh, it's these various ways, and they you, you start to get react emotionally reactive to that person. So how do you keep their energy out of your space? Mm. Uh, so it's a, it's an internal external work. We what are the goals? What are your uh what's your dream? Where do you want to go? What's next? And what are the steps that are going to Take you there, and then what's going on inside of you that is supporting that or is actually getting in your way? You know, what some we get messages sometimes from early childhood that stick with us our whole life and they go into the unconscious and we're not really aware of them. So, how do you bring those out? let go of them and kind of clean up your interior so what your thoughts and beliefs are are very supporting because i i meet amazing people women who are so smart and men too they're smart they're ambitious they're educated they have experience and then there's some voice inside their head that says they're they're not enough in some way because that's what they got told absolutely somewhere it- along the line yeah, your inner critic
1: is outstanding at telling you all the things that you can't do. Yes,
2: yes. So I like I like personifying the inner critic, like you personified your your fear earlier. Your fear, That's yeah. I love to personify that. So then I could say, okay, thank you for sharing. You know, yes, you go yes. Over there. Well, and, and unfortunately, it,
1: you know, it, it's for me. It's a it's a very family person who is my inner critic. Mm-hmm. And, and so um, you, you do these things to, to sort of try to exercise them, exorcise them. Yes. And they keep, you know, as you progress emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, they come right along with you and just have all sorts of new things to um, give you feedback about and to, um, you know, give right. you judgments that
2: they do sure. but they yeah. can be quieted and they can be it's, they can be transformed as mm-hmm. uh, what I find. And the the emotions, one of the things about emotions, and we have a lot of languaging that says these are negative emotions and these are positive. Joy and happiness, those are positive. But fear and anger and shame, these are all negative emotions. But the fact is our emotions are biological. We have them for a reason. They're in our DNA. Mm-hmm. And core, primary emotions like sadness, fear, anger, and joy, for example, these are primary emotions. And there's a universal language within them, and so they're bringing you a specific message. And when you label something as negative, then you don't want to really have to experience that. And that's where we go awry: is oh, I feel angry. I shouldn't feel angry. I either have a judgment about that, or I don't like the feeling, or I'm going to get in trouble. And so we stop it. And then it just, its because it's biological, it's in your body with a vibration or an energy that's trapped in your body, and it just doesn't go away. It has some kind of impact. So how you accept those, when you say, yes, okay, I'm angry, and anger's message is, if your life is not being threatened, no, this is not okay with me. It's a boundary setter. So what am I saying no to? Mm-hmm. then you can use your intellect to to combine with your visceral experience of the anger and make a conscious choice.
1: So, in essence, you're bringing some of that from your unconscious up to the conscious level so that you can yes. do, do some decision-making around it. Okay. Right. All right. And you're an author, my dear. I uh, am. <laughs> um, the book is called Emotions, and Owner's Manual, uh, yes. which is available on Amazon and Audible.com. Uh-huh. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the book. What does it focus on?
2: It is the focus is really the fundamentals. Uh, It's a workbook. It outlines exactly what emotions are, how they manifest in your body, and what is the. core message in these four primary, or I call these the cornerstone emotions of Mm -hmm. sadness, fear, anger, and joy, so you really understand why you're having these, and then there are exercises that you can process, emotions you're carrying with you from the past, you know, those things that happened, you know, uh, 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago that Mm -hmm. you still ruminate about from time to time, or something that happened a month or two ago, and you're ruminating about it Mm -hmm. in your mind, so that You can process those those, uh, in a healthy way to release them from your being and then also tools on communication and processing and how to manage things that come up in the moment uh, appropriately because sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, it's at work it's not okay to express your anger but you don't want to stuff it. So, how do you deal with those in healthy ways? Uh, That's the essence of the book.
1: It's interesting, Joy, because I I had a business partner long ago and he was – incredibly capable of never letting, I I mean, the comment was, I never let someone see me sweat. Mm -hmm. So, all of the emotions got stuffed uh, no matter what they were. Every now and then he'd, the the gasket would would get Mm -hmm. over-pressured and there'd be a bit of a blow, but never anything where you could say, wow, you really have an emotional reaction to this. And Okay, uh, what what I found very fascinating, he developed liver and spleen cancer um, uh-huh. and unfortunately died in a very short period of time, but to listen to him tell his son that he was dying was the most unemotional uh-huh. thing I have ever heard. It was like he was talking uh-huh. about the neighbor, um, you know, yeah. and, and I thought this is one place where um, interacting in an emotional way and you know, really letting that show to your son could be a really powerful message. So how do we get to a place where we're comfortable um, expressing that and not stuffing it? Because I honestly think his cancer might have even come from the fact that he never let his emotions out.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, liver. Liver is the organ of anger in the the Eastern medicine. Uh, Well, it's getting... You have to become... Emotionally fluid. And uh, there's an exercise, the culminating exercise in my book is called the emotional fluidity exercise. So, we can actually practice feeling. So, you have to get used to it in your body. So, some people are more orgasm. We have different temperaments. I mean, some people are just more emotional than others naturally. But for you to find what's right for you, you have to have uh, an intention that you're going to actually accept and feel these. And then if you're having a hard time with that, get help. Okay. There's therapists, there's, there's emotional intelligence coaches and trainers, and there's various ways to Im- become more present in your body.
1: Okay. So, Joy, you're
2: um, offering to our guests that first um, chapter in your book. Yes, you can get the first chapter for free, uh, both the written and uh, the text and the audio version. If you go to my website, which is a Joy, and I do spell my name J O I E Seldon, S E L D O N.com. Uh, you can get the first chapter of my book to download for free, and then you'll get a follow-up email that sends you the, a connection to the audio version, which you can also download. And that gives a lot of the primary, uh, uh, some good information in there. And you know, and then if you're interested, you get the whole book. Fantastic. But you're also offering something else with it? Yes. You can have a complimentary, uh, tw- I say 20 minutes, but it will often go to half an hour uh uh, consultant session with me. So, if you mm-hmm. have questions that you want to ask privately, if you have uh, something that you want to talk about to see what the possibilities of of how I might help you, I'm happy to spend twenty to thirty minutes with you um, and really honing in. And I guarantee that you'll go away with something specific, some kind of t- uh, homework to do, or task, or uh, tool to work with in, in that time. And, and, and audience, I, I I- sign up on my on my website as well.
1: Yeah, and audience, I, I have to tell you that having spent an hour with Joy um, over coffee uh, in in a really fantastic coffee shop, that 30 minutes is probably one of the most valuable pieces that you can do to really get in touch with your emotions and be able to use them uh, in a way that's healthy and to reduce stress and overwhelm. So we have about one minute left. Joy, could you give them one last great tip? on their emotions
2: okay this tip is uh, it is to help calm your nerves it's called the three balls technique you want to put your attention your focus on the balls of your feet your ovaries or testicles and your eyeballs all at the same time just try it and you will find that will hook up your whole body and calm yourself my clients all love this I share this all the time (laughs) <laughs> and I love it. It, it grounds right. yourself. <laughs> Fantastic. So, audience,
1: you have an exercise to do until next week, and that is the three balls technique. <laughs> do definitely try that, focusing on your feet, your ovaries, or testicles, and your, your- eyeballs, and just begin to calm yourself down. Joy, I want to thank you so very much for being on the show today. You're welcome. I've loved it. Fantastic. And so, audience, if you have uh, any questions or you'd like to connect with me, do send me an email at linda at dare, the number two, lead with lynda.com. Um, and we can talk about the art of herding cats. We can talk about makers, so, And I can connect you with Joy if you've, for whatever reason, missed her uh, contact information. And until next week, I want you to be courageous and dare to lead. Until then, have a great week. Bye-bye.